Welcome to the 4A Music Podcast. I'm Charlie. I'm Alexandria. I'm Amy. On this week's pod, a simple system for having good ideas. PJ Morton still believes Keith Jarrett on spontaneous composition, new music, and more. First off, how's everybody doing? I'm great. I had dinner, so I feel ready to go. You're energized. And Alex had the spicy soup. I had spicy Korean noodles. It was great. <laughs> Woo! I had to take some heartburn medicine, so I don't get heartburn. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Um, cool. I'm great. I just came back from camping. Woo! I'm feeling like very, um, very grateful to have a bed and a shower. Oh, wow. Feel that. So it wasn't glamping like at all. <laughs> I don't know. It wasn't, it could be much gnarlier for sure, but it was not glamping. There was no <laughs> um, I was also like, oh, this is going to be great. I totally brought my air mattress. This is totally cool, whatever. We were kind of like arguing about who was going to get on the best part of the air mattress. And we showed up, set up the tent. I did not pack the air mattress. <gasps> so, uh, but that's okay. <laughs> wow. Um, I think it's good for your back. I don't know. I survived. Yeah. It was cool. Yay. Okay, well, let's hop into this week's newsletter. Here are four A's worth sharing. Okay, to start off, how to have ideas and other ideas from author Oliver Berkman in his newsletter, The Imperfectionist. Uh, his book, 4,000 Weeks, which I actually have a copy of right here that I'm kind of uh, chipping my way through, uh, is a fave of mine. And uh, I've kind of mentioned his, uh, some ideas from his newsletter before because I, really, I think it's really cool. I think most of the time he's writing about um, writing uh, or other sort of creative work, not, not necessarily music, but, um, but, but a lot of these ideas have been really applicable uh, to me and, and to people I hang out with. So uh, there, there are five here. I'll, I'm going to go through each one, and we can kind of chat a little bit about them. The first one was a simple system for having good ideas. So this is keep an ever-expanding list of random thoughts and add to it kind of as much as you want. Um, this is something that I do... Uh, with songwriting this is like kind of the this is kind of the crux of my songwriting thing it's like i just have a notebook where i write like a bunch of stuff like little little fragments of ideas down most of which seem like super stupid at the time you know like maybe i'll get into one for a second you know i'll be like oh yeah i'm like digging this and i'll play it two days in a row and like oh that chord progression is cool um but then uh you know but i just kind of like move on um, sometimes I'll do like the, there's like the egg timer exercise or there's like the, the, where you kind of set a, set a timer for like 10 minutes and just write, like just write for 10 minutes. And then at 10 minutes you stop. And like, that gives you a lot of these like little clusters of ideas. Like they can be four bars long or eight bars long or something. But, um, it's really great then. Cause then it comes time to like, okay, I have to write a song. Like there's a gig or there's like a thing yeah. coming up or I want to get something together. 
and then I just have this like whole kind of like packet or like booklet of like things to go through and it's like oh that that'll kind of get me started and sometimes it'll go in a it'll like morph into something completely different but it's nice to kind of like feel like oh I don't have to like get started I can I can like uh the the you know the fire's kind of already started like there's some kindling there I can just like throw a log on or something to get back to me camping but um <laughs> camping thing i'm gonna bring it up every time but um any uh, do, do you two do either of you do this kind of thing like keeping it's actually yeah. hilarious that this is coming up now because i just had this thought where i'm like i need to stop having 700 different notes with one thing in each of them and just start making lists because it always happens to me when i'm in the car and then it's like so scattered that I'm starting to get frustrated because it's like having to start over every time. So this is like, I think this is honestly awesome. I'm down. Yeah. I, don't, I guess I like, I just put them all under this, like in my notes section, there's so many notes titled lyrics. And so like, I guess it's like an ever expanding note of the same title lyrics with some <laughs> random ideas at the bottom. Or, like, so many voice memos or, like, ideas for a song. Like, so many just... Um, so it is nice, like, especially this year, like, doing the master's program where I had to, like, continuous... Not continuously, but, like, write more than I've ever written before. So I was able, like, when I did not have this, like, fresh new idea, I was like, oh, okay, I have something to come, like, you know, build off of. So that really did help. And it forced me to finish the idea instead of just like put it there and not touch it again yeah yeah i definitely um if i have like a voice voice memo on my phone and it like doesn't it's not connected to like a date and a thing um or like it's not the note on the voice memo is not specific it will like fall into the ether it will like fall into like a black hole yeah we just had a little technical difficulties but we're back um the the, sometimes I will like see a, a little idea in my notebook and not know why it was cool. It'll, like literally be like four whole notes with like two chords over the top of it. This is where you both laughed last time. So you should be like, <laughs> wow. the, um, and I won't know like why it was cool. And then it turns out like, oh, I was like playing with this synthesizer and I was like making this like grindy sound on the thing. And there was like a drum machine happening. And so it was like, it was more of like a vibe than it was actual like notes or something. And so like, oh, okay, that like, That'll kind of trigger me back into the idea. Um, but that's the simple, uh, just having some simple idea, uh, mm -hmm. for a simple system for kind of keeping, keeping ideas around. Okay, the second, the second point was choosing the right counterfactual. Um, and so, you know, basically this is about uh, comparing yourself to like a kinder version of yourself, like maybe not your absolute peak performance, but... Um, but like maybe more of a what feels like maybe more of a normal sort of a, a comparison. And that could be whether it's in writing or in singing, like I'll find myself comparing myself to like my absolute best, like best uh, singing and best feeling uh, like while I'm singing. And um, then the next day, because maybe because I sang a lot, then the next day it, it feels a little bit rougher, rougher or mm -hmm. something. And so, um, and so sometimes I can, I can kind of get down on myself, you know, it's like, oh, like what's, what's wrong with my technique or something or that, I, you know, that I can't, 
that I'm not just constantly mm -hmm. like upping the bar that there is mm -hmm. kind of like that there is this kind of like uh, more of a sine wave like up and down kind of a thing uh, did this make either of you have any thoughts or feels I was gonna say it made me think of a couple things one was like in choir I went in for help with this part that I was not feeling good about and the feedback I got was that uh she told my professor told me I hear you judging your sound so it was kind of a reminder to like stop trying to be a critic of myself while I was singing um but I like this too because I think I'm I fall into that category of like setting a bar and then kind of being like well that's my bar instead of just treating myself more the way that I treat my friends which is like not as judgmental hopefully at all and like just a little more kind like I'm pretty kind to the people in my life so that's just like makes me think about that like treating myself with the way that I treat the other people in my life instead of being like a demon critic in my brain <laughs> yeah. I agree great I guess I thought that was going to be a quick, I agree. <laughs> Charlie, move on. <laughs> no, no, no. I f no, but I feel like, I think it's like especially prevalent in like, I know when I was in flute playing, like you have to subscribe to like a certain sound each day. And I think early on I realized your lips are always changing. Literally, like you could have like a humid, beautiful day and the next you're dry as a desert and you're going to sound different so I tried to understand that you know each day is going to be different and that's okay that's I think I just had to learn that really early on but I did mm. I understood I had to figure that out I did compare like daily but then I realized okay new day new body new person yeah there's only so much you can control you know yeah, it is interesting, like how how much of like the external world we internalize or something is being yeah. us. Like, yeah, that was a great day, <laughs> or, or even like some that person was nice to me. Like that, I must be someone who deserves to be so, someone to be nice to. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, my God. oh no, that's not that's not probably really about me. Right. Uh, the next point was, uh, what am I willing to do? And um, and this basically comes down to. Uh, you know, a lot of times we we can kind of like um, set a goal for ourselves that's like pretty big, and then and then it's like, well, I'm not, I don't really have time. I'm not really in the mood right now, or I don't really have time to practice for X amount of minutes or something. Um, and so the what, what what the this is trying to say is that maybe consider finding a small like a a smaller threshold that you do have time for, that you are kind of like willing to do. Um, I have this, I, I mean, I feel like I have this conversation with students all the time, but I have it with myself too, where it's like, um, oh, I don't have, uh, the, fl the flip side of the, of the 10 minute exercise where you're gonna write, set the timer and write for 10 minutes is like what I normally do, which is like, I need to have all day under interrupted Mm -hmm. to like get in to get in like my vibe or something so that I can like write a little bit you know like yeah. that's that's how it, it is set up in my mind and it's like um well that's kind of silly that's a pretty 
that's a pretty unreasonable expectation to have in a life, I think, to just like be like, I'm, you know, I'm going to be in a cabin by myself and the cabin's going to be perfect. There's going to be no problems with the cabin every day yeah. that I'm going to have to deal with. Um, and so, so this kind of whole thing where it's like, oh yeah, I just have, um, like, what am I willing to do right now? I feel kind of tired and lazy or whatever. I'm not willing to like have a big grind out practice session, but like, I'd be willing to like sit down and play for like 10 minutes, 15 minutes, 20 minutes or something, you know? Um, and you start to, that, you know, that, that, um, ball starts kind of rolling down the hill and mm -hmm. in aggregate it ends up adding up to a lot. I love this. I was talking about this recently cause I just like haven't been as inspired or motivated to like shed the way that I just like kind of the way that I got used to doing well in school. And I, I think it ebbs and flows for sure. And I remember that being the case in school too. I just, Again, with like the judgment, I'm always like, I always shed a ton, like <laughs> that type of thing. <laughs> but I was talking to someone about it and I was like, what do you do when you don't want to practice? And they were like, just do a little. I don't know. And like that kind of helped me because then I, if you just like sit down and play one thing, then suddenly I find myself kind of sitting there for a while because I get inspired rather than whatever, beating myself up for like not wanting to do a two hour shed or whatever, or not having the same time thing anymore. Anyways. Yeah. I think what I, what's helped me like with this, like what am I willing to do? Like for me, it was like kind of changing the definition of what practice was mm -hmm. or what writing was or like, what can that look like? Like maybe I don't want to go out to a show. So I watch like a tiny desk or practicing, I'm practicing listening. So I like listen to a record and only listen for like what the snare drum is comping or something like. Wow. So it's like, I'm not truly like sitting down, like singing something, but I'm still practicing something. I'm practicing, you know, but maybe I can be doing that while I'm making pasta. So <laughs> like, you know. Yeah, I think for me, it's just like change, kind of changing or molding. Yeah, it's what he's essentially saying. What are you willing to do? But for me, that was like changing some of the definitions of what traditionally what those things have meant for myself. Yeah, definitely. I think like we think about practicing too much, so much too, like in, in a time-based way, you know, not in like a, it's all, it's all quantity, not quality, because that's the thing you can like. That's thing you can put in a practice log or tell your teacher you did or something. Um, but it's so backward, yeah. Because it like really, if you have five minutes of like just such high quality shedding, doesn't even matter like what that number is, I guess, right? So they're yeah. making really high quality shed. Sounds <laughs> 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 hurricane proof. Hey yo. Okay. So um. The, ne the next two are kind of less about, uh, are kind of like more life things, but uh, these both actually hit me way harder and, um, than the first three did. I think just because of uh, like places I am in my life or the how I am as a person. But the, the first one was aliveness, not meaningfulness. And um, this there's a quote from someone named Joseph Campbell that, that says, people say that we're all seeking, uh, what we're all seeking is meaning for life. 
but I don't think that's what we're really seeking. I think what we're seeking is an experience of being alive so that we actually feel the rapture of being alive. Ask yourself, does this feel alive to me? I definitely like, I'm kind of obsessed with like meaningfulness or like doing something that matters or, or, or whatever that is. And, and I think it is very much at the cost of like kind of being alive. Like if that, if that makes sense, just like, which just seems silly to say, but in this way of like, in the way of like really experiencing like my life, you know, and that like, mm-hmm. and that at the end of the, at the end of all of it, it's not necessarily like, oh, I could, you could have like this list of accolades or something like that, but it's like, um, you know, but to like, just be going through to make that list, like to just be alive to make that list that really no one else cares about is at least as much as I do, you know, mm-hmm. um, seems kind of, seems kind of silly. Um, and th- this is something that goes back and forth in my head all the time. Like, Oh, you know, like, what am I doing to like, what am I doing? that's meaningful, mm-hmm. like, meaningful work. It's like, this is, so I'm so obsessed with it. Um, uh, and so th- this one really, really kind of hit me pretty hard. Um, and I've been thinking about it a lot. The other one, the, the next one too is, is uh, scruffy hospitality. Um, and I'm like, I'm a hundred percent guilty of this, of like the opposite of this, where it's like, if people are coming over, I want everything to be like very organized and like, and, and it comes from this, like the thing from my family where it's like, if your house isn't clean and there's not a lot of food around and stuff, like you are a bad host, you're making people feel uncomfortable just like being in your house. Oh my God. Um, and, uh. And I think that's kind of obviously that's kind of silly, and it and it makes it kind of stressful to have people over sometimes, and it also makes me less likely to invite people over mm-hmm. unless it's like I kind of have my stuff together or something. But um, but but I was also thinking about this in a musical way, and this is um, I have people tell me all the time like I'm not really ready to play gigs or I'm not really ready to to record an album or I'm not really ready to like, you know, do this kind of thing. Yeah. It it comes from this kind of same kind of thing where it's like, Oh, I have to have, everything has to be like copacetic. Everything has to be like squared off. The podcasting corner needs to be here. Um, Gotcha. (laughs) (laughs) No, I know. Um, You know, but then we wouldn't have all this, which is probably where you're getting it. Sorry. Yeah. And it's just like, you know, the, um, you kind of wait for the, you wait for to be ready, you know, like mm-hmm. you wait to have yeah. the fancy like fridge full of stuff and the thing to have people over. And then you don't have anybody to have over, you know, it's like you've, that is heavy. Like yeah. missed the yeah. boat on that. You're yeah. so right. Yeah. I was, I was talking to someone the other day and like, I was like, Oh yeah, I'll do this when, and they're like, well, how do you know you'll ever get to that point, that win wow, point? Wow, yeah. So I was like, oh, yeah, dang, wow. So like, why not just do it now? And like, yeah, because potentially, you know, like, like that's to- a mindset thing. So it's almost like hard to uh, predict what your mind is going to be like. Exactly. Because that's not and- really real, I guess. Like the way that you perceive how you are or like whether or not things are good enough or something no exactly it's like oh like I'll like for me it was like oh I'll record something when I feel like I found my sound but like really like 
that may never happen. Hmm. Like, so like really for music, it's in that sense too. It's like, maybe you weren't excellent when you recorded this album. Maybe you were like, you truly were just like going through it and like, maybe you can hear it in the album and maybe that's what people love so much about it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, we're really, we're really bad judges, I think, of all of that, uh, especially yeah. about ourselves. But I think kind of about everybody. I mean, like mm-hmm. teaching at colleges, I, I think I've always kind of, I've always thought, but I've, I've started saying much more openly to people, like, I have no idea. Like, I, I'm, not, I'm not here to tell you if I think, this, this whole idea of people being like, oh, yeah, I think you're going to make it. I think, you, I think you've got what it takes or like, you know, whatever that kind of thing is, it's like, it's such BS. Like, I, no one has mm-hmm. an idea. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's almost. Um, how could you know that for yourself, too? Like, oh, this is ready or this is good enough for. Right. Well, that's what I was going to say. It's almost like. I don't know. Like, there's so much to be missed by waiting in that way. And I definitely, like, have grappled with that, too. Like, being good enough or or whatever ready but like that's not the way that people treat each other either hopefully you know like we don't treat each other in like well not gonna be there for you till you figure that out like the point is to kind of like go through it together so maybe that's another metaphor for music too on to the second day the second a pj morton's soul is something else and it's ever present in his watch the sun tour and specifically in his song still believe um so pj has been dropping visuals um for his songs on this album and i always love watching them because they're very uh it's almost, they almost just like capture his existence, his essence, which maybe, whatever, I don't know him, but it seems like, it seems like it's just kind of like a camera and he's like doing his thing. I also think this video is cool because there's like this split thing between like a storyline narrative happening and then like a studio setting, which as a musician, I think is really cool because it's both creative and like this is the story that I am presenting to you. And then also like, Hey, this is kind of what it looks like. I sing too. You know what I mean? Like, it's (laughs) like, I feel like I'm like in a club with him. I'm like, I know what you're doing anyways. Um, yeah, but I, I think this is like beautifully done. Definitely an example of, of artistry. Um, he's doing it. He's, he's definitely doing something. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like that's a new thing, like releasing music and then releasing like bomb visuals. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like ever since like Lemonade dropped, everyone's been like really hitting it with the visuals. They're like, yeah, like narrative there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, yeah. The PJ Morton thing is like very much the live, like live performance stuff too. I mean, that's when I first, that was like my first introduction to him and his music was, Hmm. I mean, there's like tons of videos of him online, like playing live and like playing and singing. Yeah. And it's just, it's like the, I mean, this video in particular, but all of his videos, like for me is also like, 
it's like absolute like keyboard porn, like synthesized oh. porn and stuff. It just is like, oh, uh, like all of everything so playing and it is just like, oh, uh, it all sounds so good. It all looks so cool. Yeah. But yeah, it, it it's it's great. I mean, obviously visuals are, are a huge part of the, a huge part of the pie. Um, yeah, it's interesting to see what artists do with that in terms of just adaption of like where everything's at. Like, seems like what Alex was saying, like people really just take it and go. It's kind of hard because you have to always adapt to like what is like being yourself, but also like what's the thing and like how can you be yourself and also partake in the thing if you want to do the thing. So I think PJ is a good example of like doing that, but still, it seems like he still maintains this sense of like, this is who I am. And this is like what my art is at the front of it all. Very cool. Let's, let's hop on to the next A. Ah, that's me. Uh. <laughs> I just have the urge to do this. <laughs> anyway. A. Uh, Keith Jarrett, honestly. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> <laughs> Oops. I was Charlie, like a... we're gonna. <laughs> no, I was gonna say <laughs> Amy's flashing like gang symbols over here in the in the Zoom chat. No. Yikes. <laughs> okay, sorry. Charlie, sorry, Alex. Fight. Sorry, Alex. Go ahead. I know. I feel a fight <laughs> brewing, guys. This is the second time. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Keith Jarrett on a six, Charlie. <laughs> Keith Jarrett on a successful melody. In an interview, uh, so I actually didn't know what to write about. So I was like, good old Keith Jarrett, because I love good old Keith Jarrett. He always provides some, you know, great information. And like, until recently, like he hadn't been doing interviews, right? Like he was kind of like, eh, interviews. And then he did that one interview <laughs> a few years, like two years ago, maybe. And then he did, he did it again. Uh, and so I was like, this man definitely has some great things to say. So they're talking about his upcoming album, um, the release of his like Bordeaux concert um, when he was doing that European tutor, tour in 2016. And so uh, he had some pretty interesting things to say about like this whole spontaneous comp composition thing. Um, and Nate asked like, um, what is his thoughts on the album? And I loved his response just like so beautifully. I didn't have any thoughts except whoever played that did the right thing. Talking about himself, I mean, of course, so Keith Jarrett. That's how I listen. I don't listen to say to myself, I succeeded at something. The something I succeeded at is to not prepare. That that melody doesn't conform to the kind of melody writing that one could make if they were writing it. It just conforms to its own self, which is what I see, which is what I want to, yeah, which is what I want to see happen with my stuff. Which was like, oh, like that, you know, that should be something that people are just like, oh yeah, like, duh, like when you're writing a melody or something, or you're sitting down and you're trying to compose something, that it should just you should just be a vessel. But I feel like most people, especially nowadays, we get caught up in like, oh, does this sound okay? Like, does this mm. really fit the vibe? Like, we always like go back and question ourselves and not saying that there's anything wrong with going back and making edits, but to truly just remain a vessel during that time and whatever comes, comes. 
And then like later on in the interview, if I recall correctly, he was talking about like three parts of the concert. And like the, he said the first two parts were very different from the third part. And, and uh, he said, yeah, the first two parts are kind of like chaotic, like uh, things are going on, blah, blah, blah. And then the third part, it sounds like you're just like, like just chilling out by the lake. And he was like, how do you reconcile these ideas in your mind? And he compares it to a car accident. He's like, imagine getting a, in a car accident in the most beautiful place you've ever seen. Hmm. And he's like, so these things can coexist. Like you get in a car accident. Okay. That's a terrible thing. It's crazy. It's chaotic, but you slow down. And you're like, Whoa, I might be bleeding, but I'm bleeding in a beautiful place. It's, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> these, these things, I don't know. For me, I was like, Oh my goodness. Like <laughs> these are gyms, but no, I like that. Cause it's like kind of saying just that, terrible things can coexist with beautiful things yeah they don't have to be like one or the other exactly or just like accepting fully what's happening Mm -hmm. and just continue to be as selfless and let it just truly be about for him like in that moment truly be about the music not trying not you know, trying to get in the way of, like, he's trying to get himself out of the way of the music, if that makes mm. sense. So that, that yeah, was some gems it, it, for me. Yeah. Um, I mean, Keter, it's like a huge uh, hero of mine. I think, you know, with like the Colin concert and it, that, I think that's like, um, so that's thought of as being like this, this uh, monumental uh, event in, like improvised music that it's like this long, beautiful solo piano concert that's fully improvised. And I think it, I think there are, there, there is some debate about whether or not it is kind of like a hundred percent improvised or if there were sketches of things or, you know, if there were some like pre-existing ideas, I don't know that that matters too much um, either way, but uh, one of the things that's interesting to me about this is that this idea that like the, the things that you improvise are different than the things you would write, you would compose. Like the spontaneous composition thing, it's not just that you're composing spontaneously, but it's also that like the product is different. Like things happen in that process because there's no editing that like couldn't exist if there was editing. It's this kind mm-hmm, of idea right. that like if you study something, you change it. Like if you go in the woods and like look at a tree and like take its measurements like you're you're changing the tree maybe in some small way but you're changing it mm-hmm. um and so like without that without that kind of like hand that editor's hand um like things exist that are that are just going to be different like they're not going to conform in, in similar ways or to, to right. whatever those rules are i thought that was kind of i thought that was kind of interesting um yeah. mm-hmm. it's something i don't it's I kind of similar in that way sorry Okay. It's kind of similar to like Wayne Shorter saying he only writes with a pen. Wow. I didn't so know like that. He, I didn't know he said that. <laughs> he writes everything in pen. Wow. Because it's just like intentional. Hmm. I do not. Yeah. yeah, that's super interesting. That's super. I, lo- I mean, it's like it kind of subscribes to the i really love like the vessel um word i just think it like works 
for the way that I perceive it. But it's interesting because, like, to have that much conviction, you also have so much experience and, like, um, li- like just lived wisdom, I guess. Like the opposite, or or like you don't know any better. Right. Wow. Yeah. Like wildly expressing yourself, which is also <laughs> so cool. Right. Yeah. That's so interesting. Wow. I could. Yeah. I could sit on that one for a bit. I would say. Love that. It's. I mean, it's kind of. Uh, obviously, the Kichiro thing is is kind of sad. You know, he's he can't play anymore, and. Um, so they're they're releasing i mean i think basically they record every concert he's he's done at least for the last whatever like 20 years so it it could it could be the case that you know we just keep getting these ecm like piano concerts from him like that are just going to get released you know kind of kind of forever i would be down for that totally yeah and this album this album isn't out yet this comes out in september i think but I listened to one of the tracks on it. It's really the track that I listened to was really pretty. Um, mm. So it was not the car crash. It was the place. <laughs> well, recording it too is so interesting because, like the when he was talking about like, getting into a car crash in a beautiful place, like it, the experience of of that, if we stay in the metaphor, is different from then like seeing. I don't know how far I can stretch the metaphor, but you know what I'm saying? Like the recording, like the capturing of something so like raw and, and whatever is like, is it just, it makes me interest. It's interesting to me. The the first new music this week. So we have new music from uh, Father John Misty, Meridian Brothers, Megan the Stallion. Uh, and we also had uh, some singles for the first time, which I, I think we're going to try to keep doing. But um, the, this first, this first recording on here is actually like a, bootleg tape from father john misty even though he's releasing it on his own Bandcamp, and um and it's like a very cool like the cover art is really cool and it was like literally released like the same week as the show happening like they just like were, i think just recording from the board hmm. and just like putting it out um and i don't know how much you two have listened to father john misty before but he's um I, you know i dig him it's like the it's like the um it's like a snarkier sort of like Fleet Foxes y like folk indie rock sort of a thing. He actually played mm-hmm. drums on I think that first big Fleet Foxes album. Mm-hmm. So he's kind of in that zone ish. I am but, not hip. Yeah, but he's he's kind of a character. I've seen him live a couple of times and I think this like I think this recording is like pretty um indicative of, of his of his live shows and just like he's kind of like funny and snarky and he writes songs about like how social media is dumb and like, you know, just uh, consumerism and you know we're all sheep and all that kind of stuff like and a, a bunch of different things in love and all that kind of stuff um <laughs> you know love. the normal thing the normal things too we're all sheep and love our crashes <laughs> in beautiful places he says that all the time he never says that but the, um but yeah I, I you know this was just kind of cool to pop up to to pop up in my inbox and um mm-hmm. and to check it out and stuff it was like it's it's kind of cool, and it's nice that it's just like on Bandcamp, and you can just go listen to it, and um, it's like very accessible. Hmm. Uh, the thing that's a little bit less accessible was this um, new album from the Meridian Brothers, uh, and this like took me a second to kind of like decode and figure out. So it's like it's like it's kind of salsa music, but it's like weird salsa music that's like um, 
you know, like what if you were like a robot that was like malfunctioning kind of, but you playing in a salsa kind of a thing. Um, so, okay. so like they, yeah, so they, they make this album. Uh, it's the, this, the new album is called uh, Meridian Brothers and El Grupo. Uh, Amy, can you say that? Can you, you pronounce Spanish well. You just did oh, it no. when you were talking. El, El Grupo. Grupo Renacimiento. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Which is, I looked it up on Google Translate. It's the Renaissance group. This group is made up, apparently. <laughs> so this group is like mythical. <laughs> and so the Meridian Brothers are kind of like trying to imagine what it would be like to do an album, a collaborative album with this band, this group that doesn't exist. And like what that music would would be like. Um, uh, so it's it's pretty cool. And I, I kind of been digging it. I played in a salsa band in college. So I, I like, I have some sense of like what some of the, like what some of the kind of classical moves are in like salsa music and like the way the horns usually do stuff and the keyboards usually do stuff and all that. And this is just like, it zags every time you think it's going to go in like one way. Like even the vocal harmonies and stuff are like, kind of out sometimes um which is like not the normal salsa music thing where it's like everyone's singing really loud and like triads and it sounds you know just like really fat like this is like some weird crunchy thing <laughs> there's like stuff going on here it's really it's, oh it's really kind of interesting um uh i got hip to it because of the needle drop thing that anthony fantano uh he gave it a, a an eight which is a really good score and so uh, he says, Meridian Brothers do it again and continue to prove why they are one of the most interesting groups on the Latin scene right now. Hmm. So I dug it. And then uh, then we had uh, Megan the Stallion. Alex, you yes. can talk about this. Yeah, so she uh, released her sophomore album, Traumazine, which I thought was first off a very original name. Mm-hmm. The album cover is like kind of great. Um, it kind of like recounts what she's been through in the past couple of years. Um, so, you know, she got shot, she lost her mother, her grandmother, like all these things that she's, you know, being, a, you know, being famous. I mean, that's a lot. <laughs> um, but I, I mean, it's a taste of, I feel like it's a taste of like Megan try, like getting vulnerable but also like hiding behind the production of like a rap album. Huh. If that makes sense. Uh, this is not a diss Meg. I promise you this is not a diss. But I I think that's actually like a boundary setting thing for her. It's like because I value my life as Megan Pete, I'm going to give you some vulnerability, but it's going to be vulnerability that you can shake your tush to. <laughs> you know? <laughs> There's a quote. <laughs> so I loved, you know, it's like still like Meg, like I'm that girl, I'm that insert B word, mm-hmm. you know. But then with the side of like, hey, this, you know, becoming a star is kind of hard. Mm-hmm. Having this image of who I am is kind of hard. Grief is hard. But I'm going to still shake my tush, you know. Yeah. So. I, I I think this is like it's not I don't think it's an an album people would be bopping in the clubs. It's it's more of like, you know, those who want to be feel that vulnerable thing, but also they also kind of want to hide behind, you know, a good trap beat or not even trap, just like a good beat. Um, they would like definitely check out Trauma Zine. 
Alex, do you yeah, want music singles? It. Yeah. Lodge. Yeah. Yeah, now? Uh, oh, no, that was a bad transition. <laughs> Ow! <laughs> and now, new singles. <laughs> Keep that in. I think that's great. <laughs> now! Now! <laughs> the new singles. This uh, Some new singles from this past week are um, Julian Lodge's Tributary. Uh, uh, Samara Joy's rendition of Can't Get Out of This Mood and uh, original by Cecil Alexander named Shug. Shug? Shug. Shug? 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 <laughs> I thought that was cool. The, um, the first thing it was kind of giving me like Bill Frizzell vibes or something, right? Heavy. Yeah, and that's really cool. And then the uh, Samara Joy thing, um, classic. I don't really know that tune, but apparently it's been like recorded by all the greats. Huh. Yeah, I didn't know it either. But it's cool. It's a cool tune. Yeah, she sounds yeah, great. Yeah. She's definitely like got the Sarah energy flowing through her through and through. Yes. Yeah. And then I haven't had a chance to listen to the Cecil Alexander thing, but is that that's like he's a guitar player too, right? Yeah. It's very like very um guitar. Oh. Meaning, like, it's so good. Like, he can he can really play the guitar. Like, really play the guitar. I was like, wow, you're playing fast, and you're playing tasteful, and I am enjoying it. <laughs> I think that is the guitar. Um, yeah, this is great. I think all these albums are coming out, uh, like, the full albums from these singles from... Uh, uh, the albums from that these singles come from are all coming out, I think, in September, it, it kind of looked like. So I've, mm. I've started populating my, like, uh, fall new music playlist. Yeah. I started doing this last fall where, I'd, like, I just make a playlist of, like, new music that's coming out that I like. And it just has, like, a way of kind of keeping track of it. Um, that's awesome. With new music, it doesn't – sometimes I don't remember. I'm like, oh, yeah, there was that thing, and I won't remember the name of it. And then it's like I'm getting I'm getting like bulldozed by other new stuff, and so it's like yeah. I forget what the vibe is. So, so these are all preloaded. Very cool. For more, follow us on Instagram at 4AMusic. Subscribe to our newsletter at 4AMusic.substack.com. And check out our brand spanking new website at 4AMusic.com. Like how one of the options is leave me. You're like, I didn't consent to this. Gotta go.